Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Um, I am your host, as usual, Liam, or at the FSA tweets on Twitter. Today, we have got a great show. We've got a sleeper, rookie sleepers show. So, to help, we brought in a guest, but first, Rich, or at Dynasty Island on Twitter. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very good, thank you, Liam. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. This was, uh, I think the idea is, is to cover off any of the big names that perhaps we didn't cover in the, the positional previews, but potentially a few a few deeper dives. Um, and I think definitely our guest, uh, guest made me do some work, because there was a few guys that I didn't have ranks, didn't have any data for. Some guys I couldn't even find any films for, so uh, it might be over to him when we get to talk to those guys. <laughs> well, as you've teased him, you may as well bring him straight in. So Matt at Matt FF Dynasty on Twitter from the Wildcard podcast, also is an analyst and editor for the FF underscore astronauts. How are you doing, Matt? How's everything going? Yeah, doing really well. Thanks, Liam. Um, a pleasure to, to come and join you guys. Obviously, it's going to be a, a fun show. I, I, I've enjoyed hearing that. I've, I've been making you both work and, and rummage for these players that I've, uh, I've selected a little bit later on in the show. But yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to, to chatting to you both and, and getting stuck into it. So 
at the start of every show with guests, we always have a little bit of an interview so the uh, listeners can understand and get to know you a little bit better, Matt. So we'll start off with how long have you been playing fantasy football as a whole? Um, I'd say it's roughly about six or seven years now, I think, since I've been playing. Um, I don't know what you two are like, but I was quite late in, in starting watching the NFL and, and American football, obviously, over here in the UK. It's it's not as readily as available, especially back back then. It, it wasn't as readily available as it is now. And um, it was actually a trip to, to Las Vegas that really got me hooked. I went there and it was the opening week of, of the season when I, I think it was like 2010-ish, that, that kind of range. And um, yeah, I got hooked on, on, on American football, um, slowly started to, to dive into the fantasy side of things. Um, and yes, I'd say it's, it's been about seven years that I've, I've been playing fantasy football. I think I started watching fantasy football or football in general, sorry, a little bit later. I think I came in around 2013-ish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that you haven't been playing for 20, 30 years. Like we seem to have a <laughs> do different I look, guess. Do I look like oldly? Do I look like I could be playing for that one? <laughs> Definitely not, Matt. Thank you, man. Definitely not, Matt. But every guest we've had on so far seems to have been playing for near enough my entire lifetime. So. <laughs> if you want to take shots at me, Liam, just because of, you know, I'm not that much older than you. Um but yeah, I think I've been. I think I watched my first game sort of ninety eight, ninety nine. So um, okay. yeah, before Liam was, was born, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was born in ninety eight. So you're probably watching cool. American football just as I was being born. Yeah, right. that makes you feel old, doesn't it, Rich? That makes you feel really it old. Does <laughs> well, it's before before the show? Liam was telling me he's starting to feel old because he's old. He's now older than some of these um, rookie prospects. <laughs> I, was, I turned around the table. <laughs> I'm at an age where, you know, if I was a player, I'd be talking about retirement. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's stop talking about how old I am. <laughs> Matt, how, how did you kind of turn the playing fantasy football into kind of producing content? Um, it all came about, to be honest, when COVID came along. I think that's that's quite popular for a lot of people recently and a lot of spare time. My, my job, myself, I'm a, I'm a joiner carpenter, so... Um, don't really have a lot of access to, to being on the computer during the day and everything. And, and when the lockdown came in, I had a lot of spare time, didn't really know what to do with it. Um, I already had this passion for fantasy football. I've, ever since I, I started playing it, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that, that becomes addicted to something. If, if I really enjoy it, I'm, 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 I'm all in on it. And uh, yeah, it was the same with, with fantasy football and just thought I'd, I'd test myself really, dive into to producing content. I set up my own little website. Just putting things out there really just just as i say something to do during the lockdown and um it actually came about that kev my my, my co-host on the fancy wildcard he actually reached out to me he must have seen one of the articles i did i think the first one I ever did was about the the cincinnati bengals when uh, when they just drafted joe burrow and um yeah kev must have seen it he, he put me in touch with the guys at the astronauts and yeah ever since then i've been i've been producing content for, for those guys so you're obviously the co-host for Fancy Wildcard. How did you get into doing that with uh, with Kev and Ali over there? Yeah, well, Kev invited me on as a as a guest when it was uh, when he when he had Rich over there as, as his co-host when they was both with the the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Um, reached out to me to to just appear and, and go on a podcast. It was my first ever ever podcast. I was uh, I was definitely nervous. Something that I'm not really that used to at the time. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. It kind of thrown it at the deep end a little bit. But um, they're both good guys. So yeah, went on as a guest. Really enjoyed it, and they approached me to to join them as a co-host. And 
as I say, I'm when I'm committed to something, I, I dive into it, and I thought it'd be nice to, to put myself out of the comfort zone a little bit and and do a podcast. So yeah, joined those guys, and obviously it's developed over the years. We've we've brought Ali in when when Rich stepped away, and yeah, it's been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, so that kind of sounds similar to how Rich wrote me into doing yeah. this every Tuesday with him. You make exactly. it sound like I bullied you into it. You were desperate. You were very <laughs> I was going to start up my own podcast, and then you're like, Liam, do you want to just jump on this? Whether you like it. And then two weeks later, do you want to be the co host? Pretty, much, pretty much how it went for me. Yeah. 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 I'm go. not saying it was a bad thing, Rich. It was the best <laughs> thing that this show ever had, mate. So <laughs> let's move on um, before, before I let Rich get a word in on that comment. <laughs> As I said earlier, sleepers, uh, rookie sleepers preview. So last year, um, I believe this was my first show um, ever. This was the one that you got me on to do, Rich. So Matt, needed a big upgrade this year. Yeah, I was about to say I was very nervous. So if you probably go back to listen to that, even though some of the players that I mentioned did end up working out, or I still have hope for them. I was very nervous, so I probably didn't get my point across anyway. But Matt, we've got a pro on this uh, this time round. Is that is that you... Rich? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel mate, like you're teeing me up for something that I can't live up to here. Don't so, stroke his ego, mate. Don't stroke his ego. <laughs> so we'll throw it over to you, um, just so the listeners are aware. We've obviously done all of our positional preview. Um, shows now so the, the idea of this is to cover some of the guys we haven't covered um in those preview shows but also give you a little bit of a platform to go and talk about some sleepers that you wanted to talk about as well um and as you said you made us do a bunch of work with one of the prospects coming later on and trying to figure out or find stats and film and stuff but the first player we've got on our list, Matt, is Jahan Dotson. He is coming from Penn State. He is, I've had a quick look at his stats. He had a massive target share, a 32% target share at college. Um, his dominator rating was in the 90th percentile. He, he looks really good. He's a really fast um, player and his route running seems to be really, really crisp. But what can you tell me about Jahan Dotson? Yeah, well, I'll start with saying this is a guy that I'm not extremely high on myself personally. I know this, this is one of the guys, Rich must have put this one on because I know Rich quite likes uh, quite likes Dotson. <laughs> um, I've got him as my wide receiver 10 currently in the class. So as I said, I don't think that's quite as, as high up as Rich has got him. But yeah, somebody that I'm not I'm not super high, not super excited about. But as you say, if you just watch the tape, um, super exciting. The, the amount of highlight reel catches that you'll see when you watch his tape, it, it definitely stands out, as you mentioned, probably one of the, the best deep threats in, in the entire class. Um, just looking at his stats, like you touched upon, and primarily played out on, on the out, out wide, 75% he actually played um, out wide. Um, getting, a, getting a lot of comps to somebody that's, that's quite relevant in the news in, in Tyreek Hill, um, just because I think more of his size, he's a smaller guy, um, 180 pounds. So as I say, not one of the the bigger guys, and and that will probably be a knock against him. He is quite undersized. Um, I'm I'm not convinced personally that he is somebody like Tyreek Hill. Um, there's no doubt that he's a great athlete. As I say, he's a really good, really good deep threat. But I don't think he's quite on those levels as as somebody like Tyreek Hill. But definitely a great athlete. And as you mentioned, I think when he gets on the field, um, it's going to be really exciting to watch. So Rich, 
I know that you're you're ready to jump in here because you've got him ranked higher than Matt. What, what can you tell me about Jan Dotson? Because when I watched some of his highlights earlier, um, I quite liked what I saw, but I need to do a bit more of a deep dive on him. I think if you were to build a non-stud receiver that was kind of ticked all of my boxes, it would pretty much be John Dotson. I think he's he's lightning fast. You know, he's got the track background. Um, he's, I think, a very very good route runner. Um, and I think from a you know an analytical perspective, he's he's got a pretty decent profile. Um, and I think that. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the kind of guy that can sneak up into the back end of the first round come um, the NFL draft. And I think if that happens, you're suddenly going to see a lot of people jumping all over him. Um, you know, he he is my wide receiver six. For me, I, I see it as kind of an elite five at the, in the wide receiver room. Um, and I think he's the next man up for me. Um, I think he... The the concern I I hear you Matt saying about slightly undersized I feel that's a little bit harsh this is this guy's <laughs> what is he five five ten five eleven something like that yeah. comparing him to sorry kills maybe maybe a little bit harsh I think he's, he's got a fair <laughs> few inches on him and um, I think he's he's probably underweight um, but I know without wanting to trigger sort of BMI Twitter it's it's not really something that I believe in. Um, I think that, you know, you look at the success that Devonta Smith had last year transitioning and obviously, you know, that skinny frame, I think that if you can create separation, I I don't think anything else matters, quite frankly. And I think that he has that good pace, but I think he's very natural and smooth in and out of his breaks. And I think that he's the kind of guy that is never going to be a flashy pick um, but I think if he can sneak into the back end of the first round and end up on a you know a good team, I think he could be a, a really interesting wide receiver two, wide receiver three for an NFL team. And I think, do I think he's ever going to be a complete stud from a fancy perspective? Probably not. I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than these teams wide receiver two. Um, you know, if yes, if if you're punting for absolute upside, he's he's probably not the one. Um, but I do think that he's going to settle in in that sort of wide receiver two, wide receiver three fantasy range, maybe sort of a, a week-to-week flex. And at, at the you know beginning to middle of the second round in super flex drafts, that's a position where I'm, I'm pretty ha- happy taking that sort of player. So, Rich, where do you see yourself taking him if, if we had a startup today, so for the listeners, it's the 23rd of March. We're pre-recording, unfortunately. Um, so if you were to take or do a rookie draft right this second, where would you be taking him? So talking super flex, I've got him currently as my 12th ranked player. Um, so I'd be happy taking him with the 112. I don't think you'd have to take him there. Um, I'd need to go and have a look at his ADP and things like that. I, I think you can probably get him beginning to middle of the second but yeah that's that's where i'd be comfortable taking him how about yourself matt do you have a i'm assuming you're a little bit lower than the 12th player yeah 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 i'm probably putting him more towards that mid-second maybe even pushing him back to towards the the back end of the second um rich made a good point there i think he's he's one of those guys that depending on the draft capital he gets the the landing spot i think is going to be key for somebody like dotson um I'm going to want him on one of these offenses where we he can be he can use that deep threat that he's got and really take advantage of, of what he's good at. Um, 
yeah, so for me, he's, he's probably in that that mid-second, but as Rich touched upon, he's definitely a guy that I could see myself moving up a couple of spots, all depending on if he does get that back end of the first round draft capital in in the NFL, then um yeah, I think you've got to you've got to move with that. You've got to you've got to trust that the draft capital is gonna gonna lead you in the right in the right direction with somebody like Dotson and, and yeah, maybe push up towards the the early second round for me in, in Superflex uh, rookie draft. So the next player we've got on our list is David Bell from Purdue. Um, but the looks of it, this one's the opposite for you two, um, <laughs> which isn't as high as you, Matt. But um, go on, let, let us know why you're so high on David Bell compared to Rich and see if you can you can try and change his mind. <laughs> yeah, well, as you say, now now we're talking, we're moving on to a player that, that I do actually quite like. He's right up there as my wide receiver six. Um, currently in in this draft class, um, I will admit if if we're just looking at the recent things that we found out, the, the obviously the combine didn't have the best of combine. He ran a four six five in, in the forty yard dash. Um, and then if you look at his relative relative athletic score, he only got a two point seven two out of ten, which it's going to raise some flags. I think I actually tweeted about it at the time. There's there's going to be people that are are going to see that all that red in terms of his his RAS score and. And they're going to start to be concerned, but I think I think we always knew that he's he's not a blazer. He's not like Dotson that we just talk about. To be honest, it is it's quite the opposite of it. Um, more of a big bodied, go up and go up and get it kind of receiver. And we've just got to look back at the the production that he had as a freshman. Um, absolutely burst onto the scene, eighty six receptions, over a thousand yards, and and seven touchdowns as a freshman. Just like his his former teammate Rondale Moore did over at Purdue, he, he was exactly the same as a freshman, just burst onto the scene. Um, and yeah, I just think all it does is, is produce uh, just under 3,000 yards, uh, 21 touchdowns in, in his career in, in college. And as I say, just a, a go up and get it kind of receiver. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a T. Higgins, maybe not quite the, the athleticism that, that T. Higgins has, but as I say, a guy that can he can make them 50-50 balls more into 70-30 balls. He's, he's really good at the catch point. Um, so a little bit about him that he um, he models his game on Alan Robinson. And, and I do quite see that another guy that, Pretty similar in, in terms of his, his size and stature. And as I say, really good in the contest of catches. Um, if you if you lot, watch a lot of his tape, that's that's something that really stands out. Um, I do think that people are gonna start to, to overreact, as I say, to to that poor, that poor combine and and the fact that he's not really a, a guy that's known for, for the separation, but he's a guy that separates more when it when he goes up and gets the ball. And as I say, he's he's now really starting to fit into that that sleeper label. Um, like like the show that we're talking about, he is becoming a sleeper just because I think people are starting to to fade him, and and yeah, I can't wait to to scoop him up personally if, if people are going to fade him. Rich, it looks like you're fading more than Matt <laughs> is right now. So let's see the other side of the coin. Yeah, I, 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 look, I I loved David Bell as a freshman in in a couple of Devi leagues. I was I was all over him. I think you know every time last year I watched Rondell Moore, I sort of thought. Oh, who, who's this interesting guy on the other side of the field? I think, um, you know, th- there's a lot there to like. Um, I, I, I guess I was really disappointed with him this last year. And I think that for me, I think he's he's good quite a lot, but I don't know what he's great at. And I worry that, you know, we talk about he's he's not a great athlete. He's not a great route runner. Okay, he wins in contested catches, but is that going to translate to the next level? Because he's he's not, you know, he's not T Higgins. He's what is T Higgins like six four, six five? He's only six one. Like he's not massive. He's not got that elite body control. And I just worry that 
sometimes I, I think for me, the type of player that struggles to translate to the NFL is that contested catch player that doesn't have that elite aspect, that sort of, um, you know, we talked about it at the quarterback show a few weeks ago, that sort of one thing that they can hang their hat on. And I just don't know with David Bell. I think he's he's good at a lot, but I just don't know if he's great. And and I worry that that's not going to translate to to the next level, which is why I think I'm, you know, I'd rather take a punt on, you know, someone like a Jahan Dotson or, you know, maybe even someone like Christian Watson or someone like that, that, that has got more boom bust potential um and has got an elite skill that you can kind of hang your hat on whereas i just think that david bell look, I, I could be completely wrong he, he could be someone like a keen allen but i think that whilst keen allen isn't an elite athlete doesn't separate at the end of his he is a very savvy route runner and i just don't know if david bell is that it could be it could just be a case of at purdue you know he ran literally every route you could ever imagine he was used all over the field and i do wonder if if he gets into an NFL offense where instead of having to run 30 different routes, combinations, he focuses on a few and he becomes a better route runner. And, and maybe that's where he finds his success. But I, I just am concerned that he's a kind of jack of all trades, master of none. And I'm not sure that translates particularly well. So talking about David Bell, how much stock do you put into his target share, Rich? Because he, we, we spoke about the, the last player, Johan Dotson, having a 32% target share in college. David Bell wasn't too far behind with a 28.7 target share across the, the three years that he played. What? How much stock do you put into that when, you, when you're evaluating players, yeah. especially him? Yeah, some. Um, you know, in, in terms of, just to take you behind the curtain, I guess, a little bit, in terms of rookie model, so David Bell is a 87th, 0.9, if you want to get specific percentile prospect in, in my model, and Jahan Dotson is 85.8. So it, based on my rookie model pre-draft, David Bell is actually ahead of Jahan Dotson. But I think the the film tick for me goes to Jahan Dotson. I also think that I've, I don't wait draft a capital in it, but I think that Jahan Dotson's going to get that interest from the NFL, and I worry that... Certainly the news we've seen over the past few weeks since the combine, I think that the the love on David Bell is is falling. And I think that he's going to end up being a day two, you know, probably a round three pick rather than a, a first round pick. And and that will, for me, take him out of that sort of early second round contention. So, Matt, what, one last question for you before we move on on this one. Where would you be comfortable taking him in your your rookie drafts? Yeah, so it's a little bit a little bit like Rich maybe in, in the last one with Dotson. He's probably getting up there towards maybe back end of the first. If if you force me at the start of the second round, then and I'm ecstatic with that. Um just going back to the point you made about target share as well. Like, like I touched upon, we're talking Rondale Moore was there as well. Whatever you think about Rondale Moore and the fact now he's in the NFL, there's gonna be people that think he's he's not the guy we all thought he was, but there's no denying what a, a great talent he was in, in college as well. The fact that that Bell's competing for, for targets with a guy like that, a guy that they were they were manufacturing touches for a little bit like they, they've been doing in the NFL and, and the Cardinals getting him involved as much as possible. The fact that he is still being able to, to be that target 
that target hog. I think it, it says something about him. There's the quarterback. He's the quarterback's best friend, really. He's that kind, of, like I say, that kind of guy that that you can throw the ball up and and more often than not, he's the kind of guy that's coming down with it. And yeah, Rich, Rich makes some some valid points as well. The fact it translating over to to the NFL it is it is a completely different game, and and we see it every year, don't we? With with the incoming rookies. Are they going to translate over to, to the NFL? And, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But I personally think that that Bell has he has the, the capabilities and, and the qualities to to be able to shine in the NFL. And and I'm hoping that he does get that draft capital. Personally, I think he could if he can get a second round draft capital. And, and I, do, I do still believe that he has the talent that he can he can get that kind of draft capital. Then I think people are going to start to to then understand that is obviously respecting the game. These these NFL coaches, they, they obviously see something in him, and and with that, I'd, I'd like to think that people start to to get excited about. I see I see the comps to Devonte Adams, Liam. So I, that might be something that that get you excited. Being being a Packers fan, um, again a little bit like we just spoke with Dots, and I don't quite see the the Devonte Adams in him, but um, it's it's a nice little comp to think about. Devonte Adams is the best route running in the league. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're going to shoot, do that. Don't shoot the messenger, Rich. I'm just, I'm just relaying what I've, I've seen on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't like comps. Um, <laughs> just, just purely for that, everyone goes for the top, top yeah. level comp, and no we one go, thinks, oh, maybe someone mid tier or lower tier. Maybe we should try the Daryl Morey version of he only allows comps if it's cross racial. He doesn't allow any, uh, so yeah, that that might be. You you can't compare short white slot receivers to uh, Wes Welker or Julian. Uh, we've got to have the high incomes. I mean, no one's going to get it. It's like me if, if my girlfriend says that oh, I look like um, I don't know Brad Pitt. I'd rather be compared to that than than Dave from accounting that she works with. So yeah, <laughs> I, want, I want that high income but at least. At least give me something. That's slightly different, mate. That's slightly different. <laughs> We want the we want the high end comps, <laughs> right? Before you set me off on a comp uh, a comp rant, uh, like I do with tight end premium, let's move on to the next player we have got on the list. Yet another wide receiver, but this one seems to be you, you seem to be on the same page, both of you. So this one's Sky Moore coming out of Western Michigan. Um, Matt, you've got him as the, your wide receiver eight. Rich has got him one ahead of him at wide receiver seven. What can you tell us about Sky Moore? And is there any way, or what? what is the reason you've got him higher than DLF ADP that is wide receiver 10 right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we finally found a player that, that hopefully me and, me and Rich can, <laughs> can agree on here. And um, yeah, he's, he's, for me, he's just a really exciting player. Somebody that that when I first saw him, first, first saw people talking about him, really caught my eye. Um, just looking at the stats as a, a true junior season, 94 receptions, um, just just under 1,300 receiving yards and and 10 touchdowns. The fact that he's decided to forego his senior season as well and and declare for the NFL draft, that's something that, that you've definitely got to pay attention to, the fact that he is going to be uh, an, an early de- declarant for, for the NFL. Um, and yeah, if, if you are a film grad, then I think Sky Moore is somebody that you're going to absolutely fall in love with. The fact that he's so versatile, um, if, you, if you look back to right back to his high school days, he actually played quarterback and, and cornerback as well. So a guy that's been on both sides, offense and defense. And I think that's something that, that could potentially help a guy like, like Sky Moore, obviously, is, is somebody that, that knows what the, what the defense is going to do to try and stop him because obviously he's played in that position. And hopefully that's something he can then use to, to translate to, to, to elevate his game. Really explosive, great yard after the catchability. 
Um, quite similar to Dotson, one of one of the smaller wide receivers in the class. But for me, I've got him actually a tier above Dotson. I think he's, he's actually, I'm more impressed by, by Sky more than, than I am Dotson, in, in all honesty. I had a really solid combine um, appearance over, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, another guy that I think can make an instant impact. Um, obviously, we've got to find out the, the, the draft capital and the, and the landing spot, which is going to be key again for somebody like, like Sky Moore. Um, but yeah, definitely a guy that I'm really excited about and and just looking forward to see see when he, he gets selected in, in the NFL draft. Rich, where do you think he's going to be? Or where, where are you seeing him being selected right now in mock drafts? Do you, do you have any insight on that? I, I hate to disappoint you, Liam, but I try not try not to look at mock drafts. So I, I literally have no idea. You could tell me he was a you know a second round pick or or later. I I guess he's probably going to be a day two prospect because um, I don't think he's going to sneak into that back end of the first. Um, I think Matt, whilst to pick up on your points, I think that was fantastic. But I think you probably undersold it in that he he played quarterback and and DB in high school. He's then gone to college and he was a first team all Mac wide receiver as a true freshman. Like this is a guy that had never played wide receiver before, stepped onto the college field and was an all first team conference wide receiver. Like that shows how impressive he was the second he moved onto the field. And I'm, I'm really excited. I think part of the reason he is ranked lower in the kind of consensus ranks than I think he probably deserves to be is that it's that, you know, we talked about the Calvin Johnson theory with the big wide receivers and, you know, people are chasing that six foot four, 220 pounds, four, four wide receiver because they, they perceive big and fast means fancy points. But we saw it with Elijah Moore, you know, I was banging the drum for Elijah Moore saying that he's not just a slot receiver. He's not just a slot receiver. And he gets to the NFL and was used more outside than he was in the slot. And I think that Sky Moore, whilst I don't think he's the athlete and the route runner that Elijah Moore was, people are, are, are pigeonholing him saying he's just a slot receiver. He's just a slot receiver. And, and I really don't think he is. I think he's got enough route running now that that I think he can be used outside. Don't get me wrong. I think he's probably going to be best when he's getting those free releases out of the slot. But I think he can be a movable piece. I don't think he's just going to be pigeonholed as a slot receiver. Um, I mean, from an analytical side, you know, receiving yards per team pass attempt, he's, he's fantastic. You look at his PPR breakout age, his, you know, total touchdowns per game was a little bit low, but you'd expect the type of receiver he is, you know, he's slightly smaller bodied. He's, he's not going to score a load of touchdowns. But from it, pretty much every other um, kind of analytical aspect that I look at, he scored really well. Um, in the pre-draft model, he's, he's a 90th percentile guy. Um, if if he can get day two draft capital, um, then, yeah, I'm I'm very high on him. He's, as I said, he's, he's my wide receiver seven at the moment. Um, he's basically neck and neck with Johan Dotson for that next receiver up, shall we say, after the top five. Um, and I, I could easily see him if he gets that early day two, he could certainly sneak into my wide receiver six spot come uh, come May. So looking uh, a few mark drafts in the past week or so, as of recording, he started to go in the first round. But before that, there's been a lot of round two, round three. Uh, so it's a, basically a day two pick uh, with sometimes him dropping into round four. So. If he does get that day two capital, Rich, are you solidifying him where he is right now in your rankings at wide receiver seven? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's difficult for me to sit here and say draft capital is like 46% of my overall grade. So, you know, draft capital makes a lot. So if you're saying to me he's a day two pick, but, you know, there could be 10 receivers that go in the first round, who knows? Um, so I, I don't want to be held to saying, yeah, if he's day two pick, he's going to be wide receiver six. But look, I, th- I think if if you're saying there, there's some mocks that have got him sneaking into the first, I'd, I'd be shocked. I think he's probably going to end up in that Elijah Moore range of being a an early day two wide receiver, I think, is is where I'd project him purely based on where, where I have him ranked as a wide receiver. I don't really have a clue what teams and what needs they have and what they're looking for in, in that range. So, Matt, I just want to get this in because I've never seen a target share this high. 39.5% target share. That's 99th percentile for Sky Moore. Does that come into your evaluation process at all? Uh, a little bit, maybe not as much for for the guys we just talked about, mainly because the fact to play for Western Michigan, it's it's not the the elite level. We're not talking like an Alabama or a, or a Clemson kind of kind of college. It's it's Western Michigan, so I think because of the talent that, it, and that's that's no knock on on Western Michigan, but I just think that with the talent he has, it made sense that he was he was going to be the guy that that was seeing all the target. And as I say, the fact that he's so so versatile as well. Um, I think that only adds to the fact that they did needed to get the ball in his hands as much as possible, really, and and let let Skymore do do what he does best, and and that's just produce the yards, whether it be through the air or, or when he's got the ball in his hands, is is capable of either. So, um, yeah, it's obviously something that, that you definitely got to take notice of, and and it's obviously impressive looking at. But maybe just a a little caveat is maybe the the level of competition that that he had to face. So. Let's move on to the, the last wide receiver we've got on this list. And we're back to you two disagreeing, which is what I like the most because I like to, see it, to hear both sides of the coin. So, Matt, you're currently higher on um, the next prospect, which is Jalen Tol- Tolbert. Um, you've got him as your wide receiver nine. How are you going to try and convince Rich to move him up higher in his redraft rankings? Rich is a tough cookie, so I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to be able to, to move him too much. I can't compete with the model that he's created, so um, I, I might be struggling. But again, this is another guy that that really impressed me where when I when I started to hear about the name and and seeing being spoke about in the community is a guy that I checked out and really impressed me. Um, in recent weeks, again, he's a guy that had a really solid combine, uh, ran a four point four nine forty yard dash. So. The fact that he is he's six one, just under just under two hundred pound. The fact that he is able to put up a, a really impressive forty yard dash. It then it then alludes to the fact that he is a really solid athlete. Um, he actually redshirted his freshman year due to due to a preseason injury, but when he has been playing, he's been really productive again in twenty twenty, just over a thousand receiving yards, and then this past season, just under fifteen hundred receiving yards. Um, one of the top dominate ratings in in the entire class in thirty one percent, which was third, I believe, in in the class. Um, great route runner, uh, really good speed as I, as I touched upon. The fact that he's, he's so agile as well for for a, a guy that, that's getting up there over six foot is um, something that really impressed me. Um, seen a lot of comps in, and I actually did a um, a thread on him on on Twitter when I do these uh, under the the rookie radar threads that, that I tend to do through the through the off season. He's a guy that I've likened to towards Marvin Jones. Um, I think there's a lot in his game that that really translates to, to what Marvin Jones does um, over in the NFL. 
Um, and for me, he's, he's just a guy that's really sad. Obviously, we know how deep this this wide receiver class is, so it's going to be hard for people to for there to be a, a consensus ranking where we all we're all in agreement. I think because of how how deep this class is, there's going to be a lot of different opinions. Which, which it, let's be honest, it, it's great. It's, it's why we love fantasy football. The different opinions, learning from people. But yeah, Talbot's a guy that, that I'm really high on. Um, I think he could be a great mid round pick in the NFL. I don't believe he's going to get that that kind of draft capital like that the guys have just touched upon. But if he can sneak into that that late day too, then it definitely becomes somebody I'm interest, interested in. Liam, let's let's get him over to Green Bay. We, we know that your your guys need a, a wide receiver, so yeah, another one that that I'd love to see maybe go over to to Green Bay. Get him a get him a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and, and let's see what he can do. I'll be honest, if we draft Jalen Tolbert and don't take a wide receiver before him, I will be <laughs> I, I I won't be the happiest. Let's put it that way. What are you um, talking about, Liam? The the way the NFL's going at the moment, you got for the for listeners, we're we're recording this on the day of the Tyreek Hill trade. But let's be honest, by the time this probably gets released, I wouldn't be shocked if the <laughs> traded for DK Metcalf or, you know, yeah. maybe Maybe AJ Brown's been on three different teams since we recorded or something. It's yeah, it, it feels like that's the way the off season's going. So why not? Absolutely. I mean, I am seeing a few um, tweets around getting Brandon Cooks or uh, Tyler Lockett or someone along those lines. And although I don't mind them, just I'd a warm rather just body at this point. Let's be oh, honest, just a, warm, just a warm body in the room, receiving room. <laughs> nice, I'm sure. I, I just want us to use one of our first two uh, first round picks on them. That, that would be. You've got Amari Rogers. You've happy. got Amari Rogers, Liam. I mean, I not Amari Rogers. He only stopped banging out on about him about halfway through the year. So. <laughs> no, this is it. It's, it's Amari Rogers season. It's, it's, uh... I, I love Amari Rogers, but until Randall Cole goes, he's not going to have <laughs> the opportunity to do what, yeah. I, what I think he could do. Anyway, it's not sleepers for 2020. And yes, Amari Rogers was one of my sleepers from last year. Um, Rich, bringing it back to Jalen Tolbert, why are you not as high on him as Matt? I just, I, I think that without wanting to go back to my Calvin Johnson theory, I think the only reason he's getting boosted in terms of his value is because he's tall and he's big and he's fast. And I think that... I don't think he's a very good route runner. I think he struggled early in his career. You know, yeah, he, he had a great receiving yards per team pass attempt stat. But if you look at the age at which he did it, it, it was late. Um, you know, he's 20, I want to say 23 years old as we speak. Um, you know, yeah, I don't want to be ageist, but that's old for, <laughs> for a really wide receiver. Um I, I worry. That... I mean, Cooper Cup. I mean, he was an old receiver as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> the, the, the difference was was that Cooper Cup was a, an incredible route runner, and I just think that Jalen Tolbert for me, he's you know, if if he's an older prospect in a small school, I need him to be absolutely dominating. And whilst yes, he don't get me wrong, he did well. You know, Matt said third highest dominate rate in the class. I don't think he's incredible. And I worry that he's going to fall into that day three category. Um, and you know me and, and day three wide receivers, they don't exist. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, if, if he gets day two capital, he'll, he'll probably jump up a bit for me. Um, but I've, I've currently got him. So he's a 77th percentile prospect for me, um, mainly because he's, you know, his draft age percentile, his, 
yards per team pass attempt breakout age are, are lower than they kind of need to be quite frankly um i'm all about age adjusted production and basically his his production didn't come until he was he was old <laughs> you couldn't have put that any nicer could you until he was old <laughs> Well, look, I got I got accused of being ageist for my Kenny Pickett hate that um, you know I told him he was old. So why why not continue and just just be the ageist guy that doesn't like old old rookies? You say that, but then you keep saying that I'm young and he's only a year older than me. So. <laughs> pick, pick one, mate. Pick one. Yeah, there's a difference, Liam. You're you're not an NFL rookie that's coming <laughs> out of the draft. Are you like you know? Don't. I don't think of myself as old, but in terms of NFL wide receiver age, I'd probably been selling <laughs> selling me in dynasty leagues two years ago. Only two. All right, <laughs> right, Matt. Before I annoy Rich any further, um, is is there anything else on Jalen Tolbert that you could try and persuade <laughs> Rich on? Um, or, or do you think he's pretty set in his ways at this point? I mean, I've tried my best, Liam. I've picked out a, a, a big wide receiver in David Bell that, that's not athletic. He doesn't like him. I picked out an athletic one, and, and he still doesn't like him. So, I mean, I, I'm trying my best here with these players, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm having no, I'm having no joy at all in, in moving Rich. But hopefully, hopefully, when it comes around to the draft, if he can, and I do get what he's saying about a draft couple. That's something that it's definitely if, if he does end up being a, a day three guy, then you've got to start being concerned that. We, we don't really see it very often do these, these later guys produce it, it turns into a bit of a needing needing to be a unicorn for him to him to excel but i still believe in the talent and i do think if he can scrape into to that day two draft capital then i, I assume that people are now going to start paying a, a little bit more attention to him but for, for this moment in time it's all just hearsay but yeah i'm still confident liam i mean I'm never, I'm never going to convince Rich Amma, so I'll, I'll have to work on you, Liam. Hopefully, you'll, 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 you'll jump on my side, and we can, we can get all it together. Uh, we'll have to see on that one. I, I'm not, I'm not overly convinced. But uh, before I break your heart a little bit more, I'm going to move on to Jerome Ford, the next uh, player that you put on this list, Matt, mm-hmm. uh, running back coming out of Cincinnati. He did transfer from Alabama, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, He's going to be coming into the league at 20 or coming into the draft at 22, but I think he starts the season as 23. I need to double check his date there. But um, what can you tell us about Jerome Ford? Because you are looking at ADP compared to your ranks. You are considerably <laughs> higher on him. I am. Yeah, this this is probably my my crush of the the draft class. Taking it back to last year, this is like Michael Carter over all over again for me. <laughs> this this is going to be the guy that you're going to get fed up of hearing me talking about. I think because yeah, I'm I'm really high and I've got him as my RB four, and I know that's that's way above. I've seen Rich way where you've got him, and, and it's just saying, I'm I'm definitely a little bit higher than, than what you are on him. But yeah, like you said, Liam, a, a guy that he was actually recruited by Alabama, but. Um, I mean, when when you're behind guys like Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, and, and Najee Harris, it's it's tough for you to get any kind of luck in with, with those guys in the way that they were they were performing over at Alabama. Um, but when he transferred over to to Cincinnati, um, he actually spit the backfield backfield with uh, Jared Dokes, the the guy that was that was picked up by the Dolphins last year um, in 2020. He split the backfield with him. But once he moved on and 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 he claimed this backfield, that's when he really broke out this this previous season. Um, 250 carries, just over 1,300 rushing yards, and, and 19 touchdowns. And then also had a little bit of a little bit of usage in the receiving game as well. 20 receptions, um, just over 200 receiving yards, and, and a touchdown. Um, he was actually first amongst um, AAC running backs in 
in rushing yards, in, in touchdowns, in force mitts tackles. So a guy that really, really produced last season. Um, he's a really explosive guy. The fact that he's, he's 5'11", I think he was listed at like 220 when he was at college, but um, when you when you look at the combine, he actually dropped some some weight for that and he, he was down to around 210 pounds, but still a really explosive guy. Um, somebody, it reminds me a lot of, of like a Miles Sanders with that with that burst and, and that agility and, and the fact that maybe he wasn't used as, as much in the receiving game, but I do think that he is definitely a capable receiving back. Um, really impressed as well at, at the Senior Bowl um, a couple of months ago. Um, and yeah, another guy that, that with the draft capital and, and the landing spot, I, I can see him shooting up people's draft board because if, if, if you watch the film on him, he is a really exciting guy to, to watch. A big play, a big play guy that, that can burst up, that burst off those um, those big runs. Rich, um, have you seen the tape on Jerome Ford? What what do you make of him? Do you find him just as exciting? He, I'll be honest, I struggled with Jerome Ford as a kind of a review because I, I completely agree with well. I agree with like ninety percent of what Matt said. I think that he's he's really explosive, and I think he pops off off the tape in terms of that explosiveness, and and he's the kind of guy that that can create something out of nothing, um, and I love that. But my kind of analytical side, he, he was he basically did nothing until he left Alabama, and I get that you know Alabama is not your normal college, but it's just like. If he was an NFL prospect, he, he would have carved out some sort of role at Alabama, and I and, and I can't let that go. But I also think you said about he's a good pass catching back, and I think yes, okay. He there's I think when people talk about pass catching backs, I think there's kind of two different things in that there's a guy that can catch passes that are thrown to him in terms of dump pass dump dump offs and screen games, you know. I liken that to someone like a Derek Henry, where he can literally run five yards in a direction, turn around and have the ball thrown to him and he won't drop it. And I think Jerome Ford falls in that category. Jerome Ford is not a guy that is going to get creative in terms of his route running. He's not going to get split out wide. He's not going to get used in creative ways. And I think that, to me, that means he's probably going to be pigeonholed to a two-down back. And, I, and, and that's where I worry that that could eat into his kind of fancy production. I think he needs to be, you know, and, and, and it, it could be a case of, look, hold my hands up. This guy, this guy could absolutely produce, but I just, I feel like given the fact he couldn't produce at Alabama, given the fact that for me, I think he's not creative in the passing game. I'd rather take mm-hmm. a bet somewhere else. I will, I will just touch upon when he was recruited, he was actually listed as an all-purpose back. So, I mean, when he was coming out of high school, he was labelled as a guy that can be used in both phases of the game. That's somebody like... Um, I can't I can't think. This is, this, this, there's somebody else. Karen Williams, I think, in, in this in in this, um, this class, um, it was listed as an all-purpose back as well. So, I just think the fact that he was listed, I, I believe in high school, he, he was used in both phases of the game. Um yeah, and it, sometimes it, it, it can all boil down to, to the offense that he's on. Absolutely. That, I mean, in Cincinnati, the, the quarterback Desmond Ridder as well. This is a guy that that, that runs the ball a lot. They've, they've obviously built that offense around around the abilities that, that he has as a, as a quarterback. So, um, I, I do I do get your point, but I do, I do think there are signs that that point towards that he can he can be used in in the receiving game. Yeah, I, I, look, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I think that's a fantastic point. You know, the fact that Desmond Ridder is that mm-hmm. mobile quarterback. You know, we talk about how. 
Jalen Hurts has affected the you know receiving usage of, of someone like Amal Sanders. You know, maybe I'm being too harsh on Jerome Ford. I'm, I've, I've just written myself a note down. I'm going to go away and, and watch some more Jerome Ford tape and see if, <laughs> see if maybe I'm I'm being a bit harsh on on first review because yeah, like you said, Desmond Ridder is is a fantastic athlete. He is a guy that's moved around in the pocket and maybe maybe I'm pigeonholing Jerome Ford as a two down back, but actually he he could offer that you know all three down potential and and if he does and if i think he could then he'd certainly jump higher in my in my uh in my ranks finally done it liam i'm finally convinced <laughs> I've, I've found a player that i can convince him on <laughs> sorry no, sorry to do go on rich no, i was gonna say let's try and do the next one then because uh yeah <laughs> you've definitely hung your uh your hat on this guy I was going to say this one might be a little <laughs> bit harder, so sorry to do this to you and maybe snatch that victory away from you mm, a yeah. little bit. But the next player you've put down on this list, Matt, is Sincere McCormick. <laughs> I'll be honest, when I saw the name, I had to go and see how it was pronounced because I'd not heard of him. I haven't done as much research as I would have wanted to into this class. So that's probably just me not knowing the, the pure depths of this Um class but he's going as the rb21 in in the 2022 class i had to think about that one man um in dlf adp but you have him down as your running back seven that seems like a flag plant if i've ever seen one before <laughs> yeah well i mean I've, I've just said jerome ford's my guy maybe maybe i need to say that i'm more of a sincere mccormick uh, <laughs> stan because yeah, I didn't realize that I was I was this high on him compared to what everybody else was. I, I didn't think that he was that low down in in terms of, of the consensus um, rankings. But yeah, I got him up as my my RB seven. I mean, this is a guy that all he does is is produce, and and this like we've just touched upon in in the previous play. This is a guy that does it in in both phases of the game. Um, over a thousand yards as a freshman, over fifteen hundred yards as a as a sophomore and as a junior. Um, just looking over at some of the PFF stats on, on last season, 700, 754 yards after contact, 47 forced missed tackles. He had 31 runs over 10 yards. So those big play, those big play runs. This is a guy that that, that, that produces him. He's an early declarant as well. 21 years old, I believe, uh, at this moment in time. Um, I, I get there's going to be concerns because of the school he's from as well. UTSA. It's, it's another one of these smaller school, smaller school running backs. Um, but a guy that when and, and Liam, I'm surprised you don't know about him because I did a rookie thread on him. I thought I thought you, you loved all my content, so I thought you'd you'd have known about this guy already. <laughs> clearly, just clearly just proven that out. clearly just proven that you, you don't care about my content, Liam. But calling me out, I don't get to see every single thread that you put out, Matt. I'm You need to put alerts on Matt's tweets. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You need to get the notifications on Liam. But um, no, a guy that when when we did the thread on him. It reminds me a lot of Aaron Jones, and there's going to be a lot of things that you can comp into. The fact that he's from such a small school, I believe that he's going to be a later round pick in, in the NFL. This is not a guy that I can say hopefully can scrape day two, because to be honest, I do think he's going to be a, a day three back, just just like uh, Aaron Jones was. Um, but yeah, a guy that both these guys productive as, as freshmen, maybe doesn't have that that top elite uh, speed that you'd you'd maybe like to see from from a guy that's a, a bit of a smaller back in in McCormick. But yeah, another guy that I think is really exciting. Um, but we, we need to see that the, the landing spot's going to play a big part on somebody like McCormick because, as I say, I think he is going to be one of the, the the later guys in terms of the NFL draft and a guy that we, we need to to get him on a team where he's at least going to see some, some opportunities. But if he does get those opportunities, 
um, yeah, I, I, I'm clearly a stand, so uh, I'll be excited if he, if he can land somewhere where he can he can see some early production. Rich, do you think that he's going to be the next Aaron Jones um, in terms of situation, getting drafted as a day three pick and then becoming a top dynasty asset? Or do you think that he, he's going to stick where your rank has got him, which is much closer to DLF ADP um, at rank 20? I think if you just take... So first of all, McCormick was, was a guy that... He, he was outside my top 20, so I hadn't watched film on, so I didn't have a film grade. So Matt, Matt made me go and watch, watch the film. So I, I think he's all right. I'm, I'm not blown away by him. From an analytical standpoint, I think the Aaron Jones comp is fantastic. So obviously you've got the same conference in terms of where they're going. I think, you know, similar um, kind of probably draft pedigree. If you're looking in terms of, age-adjusted production, you know, both age 18 running back breakouts, both had elite yards yards per team pass attempt. Aaron Jones was a little bit better in terms of receiving market share. Um, Again, Aaron Jones is also a little bit better in terms of touchdown percentage market share, but both, you know, above average. And then the, the, the real kind of concern is that Aaron Jones was a 28th percentile weight adjusted speed score. Sincere McCormack is, we're talking 11th percentile weight adjusted speed score. And I think that's my big concern is that Aaron Jones has shown that he's got enough that he can overcome that, that kind of lack of top end speed. And that will be the biggest question on McCormack is that, is he going to be able to overcome essentially being a, a short, heavy, slow back? Um, so I, I don't hate it. It's certainly not enough there that I saw on tape to to get him inside my top twenty. Um, okay, if, if draft capital completely changes, maybe he'll sneak up. But um, but yeah, I, I I get what Matt's saying. I think I'll be honest, front front about seven might, might be a little bit too too extreme. But I look, I, I completely get it because you're taking a guy that has got a very similar profile that has proved to be a success in the NFL. And whilst, as I said, yes, there are two big concerns in terms of conference and that weight-adjusted speed score, it, we've, we've seen a guy overcome it very recently. So are you thinking he might be less of an Elijah Moore that goes later on in the draft and in, in both the NFL draft and the rookie drafts and then becomes a year one producer? Uh, producer. Do you think that if he does produce, it'll be more like an Aaron Jones in year three, year two, year three, maybe even further. I think look, you, it, it, it's difficult. If he produces, isn't it? I think you know the way that I'm always approaching rookie drafts is that I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I'm taking my best player available round one, round two, but after round two, I'm basically just drafting as many running backs as I can. So I'll probably have some decent shares of Cincy McCormack because if he's going to be 20th running back off the board, you know, I'm, I'm going to be comfortable taking him as a, you know, third round pick where most people probably wouldn't. Um, that's just the way I'll always approach rookie drafts. So yeah, ho- hopefully he's Aaron Jones 2.0, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm, I'm quite having that. High. I think that's a, um, <laughs> quite a high uh, standard to set for a guy that's 
you know, probably going to be, let's be honest, a sixth or seventh round pick. And I, I know I said day two, uh, day three, but six or seven. I think we can go a bit higher than that, Rich. I'm, I was thinking more maybe four, fifth round, not not, not bearing him down running there back, in six or seven. Running backs always fall, don't they? We always wow. think that there's going to be a lot more drafted day one, day two, and they always fall. You know, I, I hate to do this to you, Matt, but look at my car last year. <laughs> I knew that would come. I could feel you teed yourself up for it. I, I knew. I just knew that that was coming. We were talking about him potentially being a second round pick, and he fell to the fourth. And yeah. I think that with running backs, I think we see wide receivers, tackles, cornerbacks pushed up every every draft, and I think we see running backs, safeties, linebackers fall further than we think every draft so i really do think that whatever kind of projected draft capital you've got for a, a day two day three running back probably take a round off it and that's probably about where they'll go i'll be honest matt i'm gonna move this on before rich throws a shot at kenneth gainwell as well because that didn't work <laughs> out for me either so um matt i'll let you introduce the next guy because just so the listeners know, Matt put this guy on the list, and both me and Rich cannot find basically anything. <laughs> I found one bit of film. Rich has found one bit of film. Um, looking on player profiler, he has his height, his weight, and um, and his hand size, I believe, and that is it. He, yeah. Oh, and his college. Sorry, he ha- he doesn't even have his age on player profiler right now. My. So, my rookie spreadsheet is pretty detailed, and this guy, <laughs> this guy wasn't on there. So, um, so yeah, I, over to you, Matt. Yeah, well, when you bring me on a sleeper show, I mean, I've got, I've got to throw at least somebody that you haven't heard of, and uh, and get you guys thinking. So, as I say, it was good to to know that I had you both scrambling, looking for looking for film and and some notes on this guy. But um, it's Cole Kelly. He's a quarterback who who played for Southeastern Louisiana. Um, as I said, he is flying under the radar. There's a lot of people that, that probably don't even know who Cole Kelly is. Again, if you if you follow my stuff, I've, I produced a, a thread on him, a, a rookie thread. So if you want if you want a little bit more, a little bit more information on him, you can you can check that out on on my Twitter page. But yeah, this is this is definitely my my wild card selection. Keeping it to to to, to the podcast that I'm co-host on. This is definitely a wild card um, selection. But a big guy, six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound. I don't know if I said that he's a quarterback, but um, <laughs> but when you when when Liam spoke about his hand size, I'm I'm going to assume that we we all gathered that that this is a this is the quarterback that we're talking about, but so you're talking yeah. about defensive end at that size. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely a big boy, but but considering that the, the size that he is, he is he can actually move. He's he's got a little something about him. Maybe not to not not a Cam Newton kind of big bodied uh, scrambler, but I think maybe in terms of somebody like Justin Herbert, a guy that that can definitely do something on the ground and and extend plays in 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 and out of the pocket. Um, but as I say, yeah, definitely a guy that's gone under the radar. Um, a lot of people probably don't know this, but he actually committed to to Arkansas when when he left high school and, and entered college. Um, entered a bit of a, a quarterback battle, battle as a freshman, and that, that was in 2017. Then 2018, um, he actually got he actually got arrested for for driving under the influence, um, and that kind of derailed his his entire career at that stage. Ended up returning home to to southeastern Louisiana. Um, but once he went over there, absolutely lit it up. And the disclaimer is this is this is very low level competition in terms of who he was facing. But as I say, absolutely lit it up. If you if you look at some of the the key stats on him, um 81.6% adjusted completion percentage, which is the highest in, in this draft class, um, 2.3% turnover worthy play rate, which is the the one of the lowest, 
in this class, as I say, the, the caveat to that is that the level of competition that he's faced in in recent years. Um, Liam, you touched upon you don't know his age. I can tell you he's 24 years old, so he's definitely not. have a, to Google that, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not. He's not one of these these young guys, and you probably guessed that when I said that he was a, a freshman in 2017. But um, as I say, a guy that, that's produced um, despite it being at a lower level. And the fact that he was actually even even selected, even committed to, to Arkansas shows that he has something about him. He had something about him as, uh, in terms of high school. Um, and as I say, it just didn't quite work out. There's going to be arguments against the, the kind of guy that he is. I, I hear a lot of things that is is maybe not one of the best in terms of a guy that you want in in the locker room, and and that has to raise that has to raise concerns. But um, I just think this it, we're talking suplex. Obviously, if you're if you're in a one QB league, you you probably don't really care about anything I've got to say about Cole Kelly because he's just going to be on your waivers. But I think there's, there's just that chance if he can land in in a good situation. Um, Rich, I know that you tweeted recently about um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Mitch Trubisky, the kind of contract that he's on. Um, if they don't go for a quarterback early on and, and somebody like Cole Kelly can get there in, in the later rounds, if Trubisky don't, don't perform early on in, in that first season and, and this guy gets a chance, then this, that's when I start to get excited and, and believe in that, that talent that I do think that he has and, and hopefully can then... It's a little bit like Gardner Minshew all over again. This is going to be one of those guys that that nobody knows about. They're, they're going to get excited when they see this this six foot seven beast walk on walk onto the NFL field. And and yeah, just a, just a fun little little sleeper that if he turns out, I'm going to look like an absolute absolute genius. And and this will all be worth it. Well, if he's if he's 24, so he's older than Kenny Pickett. So you know, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, and you didn't like Kenny Pickett. Yeah. If if he can find a, a a team that will draft him and sit behind someone for a couple of years, maybe maybe he'll get a chance to start by the time he's 30. Well, we can we can all hope. <laughs> maybe he turns into the the new Taysom Hill. Yeah, maybe. I don't think he's he's, he's quite to that level of. Um, able to to run the ball and uh, and receive uh, he's, he's not quite that kind of gadget quarterback but as i say he's a, he's a big guy maybe he probably ends up being a defensive player playing nose tackle or something like that i don't know but he just um, needs to i'll tell you what matt you've probably nailed him as a sleeper but he's probably going to end up being the next logan thomas and be a tight end <laughs> that that's a great shout i mean for, for the size that he is yeah there's there's the potential and and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim it, Richie. If that happens, I'm, I'm claiming it. I'm, I'll just get you to edit the fact that I said quarterback is a tight end, and, and I'll, look, I'll look, I'll look brilliant. Matt, it's been brilliant having you on, mate. Um, I don't think we've any. I don't think either of us have got anything on Cole Kelly. That was a very deep dive, um, but it is absolutely great having you on. Where can the listeners find you? Find your work? Is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can you can find me over on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Um, like we touched upon at the start, I'm a I'm a writer over for the FF Astronauts. Admittedly, not done not done a great deal of it recently, but um, that's because I've been putting a lot of focus and attention over onto to the podcast that I do with my fellow co-host Kevin Alley, um, and that's the the Fantasy Wildcard, which you can follow on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Um, yeah, we've got the the upcoming streamathon as well. That that's coming up in in May. Um, another thing that's really exciting that that's something that we, we did last year it's it's a charity streamathon and and it's all for mine the the charity that that I think it's close to a lot of people's heart obviously for for, for mental health and and everything that's that's going on in in the world over the last couple of years it's something that 
that's uh, yeah people are starting to to really understand that it's it's quite a serious um serious thing and it's good that we're able to to talk about it and the fact that we can we can help so um, brilliant so yeah we're really really happy if you could um if you could check that out and and support us over there but yeah just want to say thanks for for having me on it's it's been a lot of fun i've tried my best to to sway rich in in some of his evaluations i think maybe i, I, I might have got one there that that maybe i can i can work on it and maybe cole kelly as well seeing as you didn't know him maybe maybe <laughs> is at least going to make his way onto that that spreadsheet of yours rich but yeah thanks for having me on guys and it's uh it's been a lot of fun i'd take both of them as a win matt honestly <laughs> <laughs> You don't get to sway Rich often. So it's two more, two more players than Liam's managed to sway me on in the last year. So, <laughs> yeah, and it'll continue as if nothing else happened, Rich. I'll never be able to sway you on anyone. Um, but yeah, as Matt said, uh, the streamathon will be a great event. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. I think it's the 21st of May. I believe um, yeah, I'm terrible with dates, so I don't want to, I don't want to say for definite that it is, but I, I know it's late May, and yeah. um, if you go over to his Twitter page, there's a there's a link on there and a, and a tweet that can put out about it. So, um, yeah, you can find it over there. Yeah, so both me and Matt, uh, me and Richard on there, and I know you that are. you've got a lot of other guests that are brilliant. So if you can check any point of the streamathon, if not all of it, it'd be brilliant for everyone involved. Uh, follow Matt over at Matt FF Dynasty on Twitter. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a nice one. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.